You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. And Zainab. Hi, I'm Saya. Hi, I'm Anissa. And I'm Boroma. And we have a special guest. Today, joining us is... Set up! Yay! Hi. Hi, welcome back. Welcome. Thank you for having me back. Welcome, welcome. So good to have you. So today we're here to talk about Perfect Marriage Revenge, and we're going to go full spoilers. If you want to hear the sort of spoiler-free versions, go and check out our last long yak, um, where we talked about the beginnings, the premises, all of that. Um, now we're here to rip it into shreds, either out of love or other feelings. <laughs> So, um, how do you feel about perfect marriage revenge, guys? So, I haven't quite finished it as yet. Wait, is it has it finished editing? Um, yes, yes it yours? has. Yes, okay, awesome. I haven't finished uh, it quite yet, but... I will say I don't think it can possibly end badly. I mean, I, I rarely say that and I'm I'm taking a risk here, but I don't think it can simply because the way the entire story has been written, there is this, I don't know, there is this weird confidence in the writing. It's just, so good. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, you know, the drama acts like it's a lowbrow drama, but the writing is like top tier i'm really really impressed by how well written it is the writing is really good i'm following this writer after this drama absolutely it does end it does end well um borma and zainab you haven't finished it yet either right yeah i haven't finished it yet either how far i also feel like i i mean uh i never want to say that something cannot go badly (laughs) but like i i feel like that's just i usually wouldn't but you know that's the kind of confidence Yeah. yeah but like um yeah, no, it's I, every episode is just so fast paced. And I feel like that's kind of unusual mm-hmm. for you, episode one for it to just be so like just it got right into it. It, it gives you the sense of the kind of writing where uh, the writer has the entire story already mapped out, has revised it completely, mm-hmm. making sure that things don't fall apart in the second half. And then finally, you know brought it to a script uh, format yes. that that's mm. the kind of confidence and and self-assurance I get out of uh, you know every episode that I'm watching there's just that you know that and you key. want a drama that knows where it's going when you're doing time travel right because <laughs> right. otherwise we just get the problem where it's like great for a few episodes and then the, you're just like what happened it fell apart yeah you know yeah. what I find really impressive is that you know when you're watching dramas where all sorts of nonsensical things happen and you're sitting there asking questions as a rational human being and then the drama pretends that like rationale doesn't exist in this universe but what you keep like at every possible moment in this drama where you are asking a question the character asks the question and mm. it's like trope savvy in a way that doesn't feel um like self-conscious like it's self-aware but it's also like things make sense. It doesn't rely on sort of pulling the wool over your eyes and saying, oh, you know what? Just suspend your disbelief. Just like let it go. It's a drama. It doesn't 
rely on that. Like characters don't have to be stupid for the story to happen. Correct. The story happens while allowing the characters to be yeah. smart and normal. There was, I mean, there was a single scene in the entire 12 episodes of the drama where I was like, wait a minute, why would they do that? Like, and it was a small scene. And like, honestly, that it was an episode, end of episode 11, beginning of episode 12. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, I haven't had any other complaints here. So... I'm fine with this, you know, like it kind of was, I, I was willing to give the oh, drama yeah. that. Actually, I agree with you. You know, <laughs> which one I'm talking about. But like, yeah. otherwise, everything made so much sense. Nobody acted in a way where like, you they wouldn't. Like you got to know all of the characters from episode one, exactly what kind of people they are. And everyone mm. acted consistently to their character all the way to the end. Mm. That's always satisfying. Like the villains. I mean, there were multiple villains. They were all so enjoyable to hate and to watch. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. And the the lead actress, who I think her name is Jung Yumin, never seen her before, but she was such a discovery. Like she was perfect yeah. in this. She was so good. I completely agree. You want to talk before, about Sunghan? <laughs> yes, I want yeah, to. Let's talk I about want to. But no, no, before that, I just briefly want to talk about Im Sora, the writer of the drama. Just like Anissa, I got interested in in like I'm I'm waiting to see what else she writes. But she has written something before in 2018. She wrote Feel Good to Die. And it's a it's a groundhog day type thing where it's like you're living the same day on repeat. Um, and it, it, the premise seemed really interesting. The reviews on MDL were pretty good. So I decided to like, just check out the first episode. And as I was about to, I thought I recognized the male lead and mm-hmm. I do. And he's, a oh. he's, a oh. he's, a he, what do you, uh, what's the, what's the correct word for it? Basically he has committed, um, sexual, um, Isn't rapist assault? the correct he word? Is, yeah. I know, but I, I don't exactly know the details of the entire situation, so I didn't want to commit to the word. No, I mean, I th- I think this was one of the rare, rare cases where, he, you know, sorry. He, like, he, he oh, 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 oh no, sudden. wait, I, I actually do remember what happened. He assaulted uh, two employees of his agency, and he tried to uh, hush them up with money, and they refused, took him to court, and he actually... He God actually, sentence. yeah, he actually got convicted. So, yeah, so, so the actor, that's right. I hadn't, I, it, for the same reason, I didn't watch it because this, yeah. I already knew about this by the time, yeah. Yes. But so the actor in question is uh, Kang Ji Hwan, and like the story has like good reviews. So, I'm hoping, like, I, I'm sure the writer had done a good job, but like, what a horrible thing to happen to your first project for yeah. it to be associated with a piece of shit like this. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So, the, um, Imsora, I'm, I'm like rooting for you. I hope you get like nothing but great projects and great actors and directors and, you know, yes. all of them. Yeah. Can I just cover myself a moment because I did say it and I need to unsay it that it's quasi rape and sexual assault is indeed correct. <laughs> he was not convicted of rape. Yeah, but you, you, yes, yes. I'm, I'm glad you did that. But I also completely agree with the feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Because they just like dance around the semantics of the crime way too much, especially in Asian uh, countries, my country, South Korea. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think, the, I think the reason that they said it was quasi rape is because like they he like got them drunk, which is like still rape in my book. But but we don't need to go down this like horrible path. Yeah. Let's talk about this very good drama. But um. But yeah, yeah thanks for shouting out Imsora because excellent writing she 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 totally deserves it mm-hmm. so so good right so before we started recording we were just talking about how um 
Shankar is a is an actor that we all like, even though none of us will ever say he, he has some higher acting talent. <laughs> I personally end up watching almost every Shankar drama, even like these really low budget, like bizarre ones. I will always at um, least start it. Something about this actor I will do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I will. I will do. <laughs> the first time I ever saw him um, was in Five Children. Which was also Shin Hae-sun's breakout role. Yeah. So they were playing. So, you know, Five Children was this like 50 episode weekend drama. The main couple was like the older couple. It was um, mm. a woman who I think she had three children and he had two children. So they were both divorced or he was widowed and she was they got together. So they had five children, which is where the very creative name came from. But um, <laughs> sung Eun played this uh, like really cocky golfer and Shin Hae-sun was um, like this very like innocent type of character who had never like really dated anyone and they fell in love. And it was one of those really fun um, dynamics where like he complete he's like this really cocky character and then he finds this one girl and he just like completely falls head over heels and she's like, I, I don't care about you. <laughs> like, just leave me alone. <laughs> um, and both of them, became like the buzzy couple of the drama more than more than any of the other couples they were so cute together that that drama is worth watching just for them so after that I was like this guy is really funny and I think he is really funny but you're right I don't think that his acting chops are like you know anything to really write home about like he can do he, what he can do yeah and he yeah. has a lot of charisma and he also has this like mm. inherent ridiculousness to him where yes. like <laughs> If he does a role where he's supposed to play it straight and be like the cool, sort of cold, you know, suave guy without any like cracks or vulnerability, he just comes off as being a jerk, which is what happened in Level Up. Mm. Um, I just I hated him in that. I only watched one episode because it was such a bad drama. But like, you don't want to see him. You want to see him where like, actually, he's been in love with the heroine the whole time, you know, and he's just been it's all been a his cool, you know. Attitude has all been a front. That's the kind of... And he's just, like, falling over himself to do things for her. That's what you want to see from him. And, like, he's yeah. dripping with a little bit of cheese, but also yes. a lot of competence. You know that he does that one thing with his voice where he's, like, lowers his voice and kind of whispers. And it's like, you're like, oh, my God, dude. You're so I, I think he he is of that... Um, you know, he reminds me of, like, actors like Soji Sub and And, you know, the kind of actor I'm talking about with the low voice and, like, mm. the, the deep Very gravelliness. Tall. They have yeah. a lot of physical right. presence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, but just like Soji Sub, for instance, this guy does have physical humor down pat. Yes. Um, I remember him from uh, Oh My Venus. And he, he had like a small secondary role. But like after that, I kept seeing him in these really ridiculous, low budget, like just, just. Do you remember really I picked silly. up a celebrity on the street? That, yeah. <laughs> that <was laughs> so remember crazy. my rant about that? <laughs> so Zaynab. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I didn't really care. Maybe like, uh, unlike y'all, I did not care about Sunwoon. Maybe I saw him in a couple of dramas, but it was that one that was really popular on TikTok, like the vet one. Oh, the, that one was was, uh, was not good. Yeah, was it like My Secret Romance or something? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I I watched My Secret Romance. I wasn't. It was wait. That wasn't a vet one. That was. Like he, no, so he had employed this nutritionist whom he had also like slept with like a few years back, but she refused to recognize him. And he's like, how is it possible you forgot me? And so he hires her and basically they have like that employee boss 
uh, secret romance thing going on for a while. It was fine. It was super tropey. It, it was a bit boring, but it was so very popular. The vet one is I noble, like my was, love. No, yeah, no, there, there is a vet, a vet one. one. There is a vet it's one. It's noble, my love. Oh. I watched it. It was really, really bad. <laughs> but didn't he get injured and then the vet finds him and she patches him up and then like yes. he becomes obsessed with her. And then he like blackmails it and her yeah. into like opening a vet yeah, hospital just crazy. for him and his needs. And he like, well. and he's like a CEO, and he like basically so holds her that, hostage. So that's the kind of character he he seems to really gravitate towards. The yes. kind of guy who's like a rich CEO who can bully the heroine, and like because he loves her, but he will like buy her apartment yeah. and a business and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't, he really gravitates towards that kind of like Mark Chungi area. And for him to finally, right before this, I think he did that. Um, Something marriage featuring divorce. <laughs> Love marriage. featuring marriage and divorce. Like, yeah, something like that. Season yeah. one and two. That's crazy. <laughs> so apparently he was, he, people really liked him that one too. I unfortunately did not get to see that one. He but, also played um, the Raphael character in the Jane the Virgin Korean <laughs> reboot, which like That's totally right. suits him, honestly. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, but let's get back to perfect yeah. marriage revenge. What I was saying was I didn't really care for him prior to this, but he's doing really well in this drama. Um I think like partially it's just that this role is really suited to him and then also the the writing is just so good that I feel like even the weaker actors are are really supported by mm-hmm. the writing true. and the directing and uh, the performances of the better actors. That's really true. Like the, one of the reasons we this feels like a, a drama that's kind of pretending to be a low budget <laughs> Mark Chung is is because of all of those very old fashioned tropes that they have, like the gender dynamic, the the you know the class implications, all of those things, the, the you know the mother in law daughter in law uh, shenanigans. <laughs> but it, it's the fact that the writing really supports all of these tropes with a lot of like. I don't know, wholesome affection. Like, here is how it could turn out, but here are these, you know, these people are at the end, end up being nice, so they're not actually awful, so the trope isn't used in the way it's usually used. So I, it's like Song Hoon gravitated towards exactly the kind of drama he usually does, except the writer decided that I'm going to make you nice instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's still a rich CEO who's in love with the heroine. Yeah. And would do anything for her. Yeah, but he doesn't use that to <laughs> manipulate her. He's just like, oh, you want to take revenge on your horrible family? Let me help Let's you do it. That. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just tell me what to do and I'm here. Yeah. I love that so, so much. I want to talk about, so this is like a contract marriage revenge time travel drama. So let's talk mm. about that genre mashup. How did that work for y'all? It worked. Oh, really good. Yeah, I feel like, you know what? I don't know if you read a lot of web novels, but this is like very popular in web novels. Um, And also like the whole like the very dog blood plot where they're like the family's trying to kill everybody and like somebody poisoned somebody else and everything. Um, So this is adapted from a webtoon. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, But like a lot of times those kind of stories annoy me and like it gets really repetitive, but this is just working very well. Um, I think 12 episodes was a good length just because it didn't get dragged out too much. So I feel like they had enough time to make the story work without having to add too much to make the story crazy. I feel like with time travel dramas, especially a lot of times simpler is better Mm. instead of getting caught like they all get caught up. A lot in the like really detail things that nobody really cared about like 
it's better to not have people think about it too much because time travel doesn't work. Mm. So you can't think about it. So true. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, Like I like time travel as a concept, but I feel like very rarely does it work for me in a movie or TV. Um, Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, it was like they prayed to God and God gave them a second chance. And that was it. Like. You know, it's very, very simple. You yeah. don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to know how it worked. I, it, it's uh, this is a year with a lot of time travel dramas. Um, but I was thinking recently about how much I loved in another drama, uh, Twinkling Watermelon, how they just did completely disregarded, like, and they didn't even set up rules of time travel. They were like, here, time travel happened. And now, you know, <laughs> enjoy the consequences of being in 1995 and next to your dad starting a band with him. It's, you know, meet your 18 year old mom <laughs> and like, you know, build a relationship. It's just like, it's, the, they focus so much on the consequences and instead of just the semantics of time travel. And I like that. And honestly, because it's it's that complicated relationship that comes after the technical aspects of time travel yeah. that is actually fun. Right. That's um, what you're there for is the consequences. You're not really you don't really need to know so much about why it happened or how it happened or you know you want to see like oh my gosh so how is this going to change things like she you know you have so we haven't actually spoiled much of anything yet I know you were we were like <laughs> spoil it. but you know here we see her she's like has a miserable life with a horrible husband who's in love with somebody else and then her family that's treated her like dirt her whole life acute like basically blames her for the whole plagiarizing painting scandal and then she dies <laughs> and so she's like I love how she just like completely flips. You know, you see this like really sweet, super docile, very downtrodden woman. And after she sees the true face, especially of her adoptive mother, she's just like out for blood. And I love how like fully she leans into it. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love how she just goes. Oh, and that was a brilliant first episode. That, That was so, that was so good, especially like when she's getting fitted and she's like, has anybody ever broken a wedding here? And then, well, I guess <laughs> this is a first. And, and then she, she just, just like rips her wedding. <gasps> so good. But, you know, there's also like the emotional realism in it where like she has those moments where it catches, like she's still like traumatized from her past life. Yeah. And there are there are the times where she actually breaks down and she's like struggling to be that revenge version of herself because that's still an aspirational um, point for her and sometimes she slips down and she has to climb back up to it mm-hmm. and, and yeah. that I thought was really beautifully done too on one mm-hmm. hand struggling to like be that revenge version but I think even more so like struggling to um, kind of be free of the, the abuse that she suffered right. growing up yeah. and like actually take a chance on um, Doguk her husband who's like from the beginning he's like showing her that she can trust him is fully invested in helping her but she tells him he's like you know he was like we don't have to like this doesn't have to be fake we can you know this can be for real and she's like yeah but like I don't know if I can trust that someone can really love me and like you can see the like she talks about the the whole like mental sort of I'm struggling for my words today mm-hmm. but like you know the, the her her adopted mother has done such a number on her psychologically mm-hmm. and that family that she really is like you, part of her journey is not just the revenge but it's like learning how to open her heart to people and trusting that they're not going to like completely step all over her and just destroy her which is like mm-hmm. so nice and it's like 
so refreshing when, you know, we have Castaway Diva where like this person went through this 16 year experience of <laughs> trauma and like we don't ever hear about that again after like yeah. episode four. No, she's she's yeah. just like a, a book of quotes. Right. She's she, just I was going to say she comes back with parables. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. One of the things I really um, liked about this drama was like the food thing where in the mm-hmm. beginning she only eats packaged food because she's so traumatized by the poisoning and she just can't trust anyone around her. And then like, they just did it so subtly, but like it was so impactful um, the way like he cooks for her. And then he's always like trying her food. And then like one day without even realizing, she just like eats the food that he made without even him even trying it. And it's like such a minor thing, but then it has such a big impact. And it's like that. more romantic than the love confessions yeah. because the first time they have that conversation and she like can't eat and he like leaves the restaurant and like buys her some packaged food and she tells him what happened. Um, mm. And like from that point on, he never, well, like that's the moment where she like fully opens up to him about why she wants to do the contract marriage. And he's like, okay, like that's what I was waiting for. I just wanted to know like, why are you doing this? So like, let's go. I'm I'm here. I'm on your side. And he gives her like that flower engagement ring. And then yeah. like the moment when she eats the food without realizing it, like she doesn't even notice. He's the one who's like almost moved to tears. He's like, did yeah. you just did you just notice like what just happened? And he's like so happy. He's like about to cry. I was, I was just like, oh, this is an yeah. OTP. Yeah. This is like why they were meant for each other. Yeah, I agree. Because he never <laughs> once says like, oh, like, don't you trust me? I would never poison you and tries to like convince her out of it. He's like, oh, yeah, this is trauma. I know about trauma. Let's just work on it. I'll just eat your Mm -hmm. food first for the rest of our lives if that's what you need. Yeah. That's the clip I saw on TikTok. That's what I watched. (laughs) (laughs) It's also a really good way of like showing his own experience with his history with Mm. his brother, which is just, oh, my God. Horrifying. horrifying and it's like his family can't exactly throw his brother out right and it's like they are torn between the two uh, siblings and it's it's a bad situation so he took himself out because he didn't want his family to be uncomfortable and he just but he was also he uh, what I really like about uh, Dogok's character is that he is not forgiving his brother and he refuses to fall for any pretense by his brother like that's true from the very beginning there is no moment where he's like well, for the sake of the family, I need to pretend nothing happened. He's just like, I'll take myself out of this situation because I don't want to have that conversation where you try to convince me that he didn't do what he did. And it's just, there's this one point where he kicks his brother and like he's, he's um, like he has that uh, leg situation, right? So he like falls back and every, like the entire room is like, oh. And I'm like, this, they would usually never show a male protagonist do something like this. Because it shows him as like, you know, an unsympathetic um, character. But it makes so much sense for Sodogok's character because he has seen his brother be manipulative and horrible his entire life. He doesn't Mm. see his brother as like, you know, a a cripple who requires sympathy. He sees his brother as a perfectly like, you know, capable man who can wreak havoc. And yeah, and horribly malicious. So it's just... That, that's good writing. I, I really like that. I do have a complaint which I'm holding back on. So I want everybody to finish saying what they want to say. And I want to, I want to, yeah. Can we, go? can we talk about how great is Imisuk, the, you know, Doguk's uh, mum? I love her character so much. She's so great. She's perfect. She's like this 
you know, the, she she knows she's like meant to be a tropey stepmother. So her entire like purpose is to not like her purpose in life for herself is to not end up inhabiting that sort of that trope. And then it kind of like she's forced to, but she also resists it and she ends up being so, so good. And she's also like, I love how the way you were introduced to her is that she's mm. so strong-willed that even her own mother-in-law is kind of afraid of her, even though she's like this very powerful chairwoman of the company. <laughs> and so you're going in, you're like, oh my gosh, this woman has a really strong personality. And then like all it takes is for her to realize what kind of family Iju was raised by. And then she's mm. like, oh my gosh, my baby. I mean, she doesn't like say that. No, but, but you that's can what see she it. feels on the inside. Yeah. And so from then on, she's just like in protective mama bear mode, whatever. Yeah. Like Kanyuju is concerned, and it's so nice to see. And like I'm always skeptical. Even that entire go on, Burma. I'm sorry. Just even even that entire revelation where the two families met in that you know charitable um, home, and um, and 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 Sohgook's family realized what shit people um, mm-hmm. Hanyuju's parents are, and it's just that realization happened without anybody like making very anything very of. It's just that them everybody was being themselves. And just, I, I love that so much. There was just, yeah, sorry, go on, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'm always skeptical of dramas that want to whitewash chebols into being like good mm. people. And I'm not mm. saying that they can't be good people, but I mean, they're chebols. But like, I feel like the way that this drama does it isn't, it's not asking you to do the kind of work other dramas do. Like, they're just nice people. And sometimes it's okay to just, like, have your fantasy of the good chibble. And it's nice. I I will it. say, yeah, I said earlier that, like, people react in the way that you would expect them to. And their characters are really consistent. But it's with this, like, added level of, like, a very heightened and enjoyable and, like, delicious kind of dialogue. So that every time... Mm characters meet and have a confrontation you're like on the edge of your seat and you're like enjoying it so much like there's that um one scene where imi suk's character um she i can't remember her name in the drama but she faces off against Lee jung hae the evil adoptive mother slash i guess stepmother and she like doesn't like that confrontation between the two of them yeah. oh my gosh i don't I don't want to spoil it because I don't know how much I don't know if you guys have seen this scene yet, but it's just like so delicious. And you can tell so like good. all the actors are like enjoying their dialogue, like because some of these are like really experienced veteran actors that have done like hundreds of dramas. And you can tell they're just like enjoying the heck out of this. And they're also character types that don't often get to meet in drama circumstances. So having these two women are the kind of characters that would have their own dramas, right? They would be the one of the leads of a drama that one of them is in but having both of them and then having those types confront each other like the stuff that comes out of that is so good yeah that's very true i i really enjoyed um the main villainess so to speak like um her adoptive mom basically um jung hae um she she was just i she was just so so she was evil, but she's also like so helpless in front of her own daughter. And it's just like, it, they, they wrote her really well. Like evil people are completely evil in this drama. Mm. There's like mm-hmm. no redemption there. But it's just, you know, like you got her because of the way she was written. Yeah. And I, I liked it. I liked, and I liked played with just like full on chewing the scenery enjoyment uh, with <laughs> by Eamon Young. But like, I also like, 
I kind of like that they didn't try to redeem anyone. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know, they're so yeah. evil. I'm, yeah. I get so annoyed when, like, they just have to redeem everyone at the end just because. I'm like, mm. no. No, I, I, I get. Wait, did they, do that? did, did they do that in Castaway Depot? I really don't want the dad to read. He's a horrible POS. Uh, I just do not. I mean, we can talk about that another day. Exactly. Yeah, we can talk about it another day. Zainab, were you about to say something? Yeah, I just, uh, not everyone needs to be redeemed. And yeah. especially in this kind of drama where, like, the revenge is so, like, I just want to see her crush everybody. Exactly. In, like, really pummel them yeah you, you can't see it listeners but Zainab is shaking her fist <laughs> that's how strongly she feels about this. you're like the mark of a revenge drama done right is that like the revenge is fulfilled in a really satisfying way yeah. not all revenge dramas do that no. like it like, needs it, to it revels in its revengeiness I know that's what I liked about Vincenzo is that like he he said he was gonna do it and he did it Yep. And like Burn that's where I feel like this drama is going as well, where she's she's gonna get her revenge. Mm. And, and you know, also, like go on. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like, we're not gonna spoil the ending since y'all haven't seen it, but I feel like they'd balanced it really well in the sense that like the characters did move on from that space of anger and resentment, but that doesn't mean that like it does it doesn't feel satisfying and there and there you didn't feel a sense of like justice being done and um, maybe even an ex- a little bit of extra, you know, like <laughs> revenge enjoyment. You know, that's what you yeah. want from a drama like this. Yeah. So I was happy like, with the ending. They all get betrayed in the end. Like Yura, um, Lee Jung Hye's daughter. Like, what a great character. She was so hate hateable, but mm-hmm. oh. in a way that didn't sort of make you feel like you're about to have a heart attack in you know every three minutes. <laughs> like you're just so bad. She not cartoonish. She like she was hateable in a believable way. Like you can right. imagine her existing. Right. And you can understand her being the daughter of that mother. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, they all turn against each other. I think I was saying to Annie that, like, she feels like somebody I, like, you could know in real life. Like, one of those really annoying mean girl characters, like, people in your real life. Yeah. Which honestly makes her more hateable. Yeah. Because then you, like... Like, ah, oh, that person. Yeah. Like, you're only nice until you don't get what you want. And then, like, the true colors you show your real face. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, it's, I don't think it's unintentional as such, but I think it's sort of one of those meta things in the drama that it kind of it acts as a character study to reveal how people really work because it's written so well. Like, you don't end up consigning this to, like, oh, this is fiction. It's yeah. all very, like, you know, it evokes people you know in real life. It evokes situations that you've been in. You know, it's it's very real. And that makes it sort of lend more deeply. It's very emotionally intelligent. Yes. Yeah. I, on that note, I know you had a, a complaint, um, Barma, but I just want to, like, quote this one scene that just made me want to just cheer because there's this one scene, and I won't spoil what it's about, but you don't need to know what it's about in order to to get the point. But basically, like, Yiju tells Doguk there's something that she wished that he would have told her. And she says, the more challenging something is, the more you need to share it. That's how you trust and respect the person you're with. Basically, like, she tells him, like, hiding it isn't how you're... It's not It's not consideration for the other person. It means that you don't... That you're not fully with them. And I was like, yes, say it louder for the drama writers in the back. This was, like, such an <laughs> overt, like... Forget about noble idiocy, you know, like it's that's not how real relationships work. So, yeah, sorry. I like 
couldn't find the rest of the screenshots, but I screenshotted those scenes because I was like, I... No, that was a great quote. It's a manifesto. <laughs> Absolutely. Please continue. Yeah. Did, how did you guys feel about the brother-in-law? Um, the the older brother. Sodogok's older brother. He was probably my least favorite character, I'll be honest. He wasn't particularly fleshed out, was he? Mm. Like, I... He just... He did borderline on a, a cartoon villain um, to a certain extent. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah, I mean, at the very end, you get a little bit of tiny bit of backstory, but it's like kind of in a too little, too late kind of way. He's definitely not as fleshed out as the other villains. Mm. I think it works well enough for his mm. role in this story. There is something about the way his story ended that bothers me, um, but I can't really mention that without spoiling anything. So, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't, but OK. <laughs> From the almost the last yeah. sec- last episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think our listeners will know what we're talking about as well when they get here, if they've watched it, because Mm -hmm. we talk about it quite a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So uh, the complaint that I had wasn't really uh, plot related. It was a choice in a scene that I found really inexplicable. And I think it was more the writer leaning into the tropes of the genre. Um, And it it turned like other an otherwise really great sequence into something that is I just feel uncomfortable about now and it's um again this is a spoiler section like a proper spoiler section so like if you guys are still watching without actually like listening without actually watching this is a spoiled yak at this point yeah like Mm -hmm. it's on you (laughs) (laughs) um so there is this thing where you know after they're married um so the gooks confess his feelings um and they have their first night, basically, like they sleep together. And it's just there is this one moment where he's um, she's really overwhelmed. She was crying a lot um, and they're like comforting each other and they start making love. And then he holds her down and it's like in a very gentle way. It's not like a but she says, like, stop, I'm getting overwhelmed. And he's like, I can't stop. And it's just that that action along with those choice of words. I just it's. It was such a good scene right until that point. And I don't understand. And it feels like one of those remnants of, you know, mm-hmm. the same scene has been written like 900 times in the last three decades. And it's like similar tropes have been used, similar scene setups have been used. And it feels like a remnant from that. But I just I really resent that. Just it was not necessary. There was not it was not necessary. Yeah. And also the scene ends on a shot that's that reveals that Solo Gook is also a time traveler. But it's it just again, even for that, you did not need that lead up. You absolutely did not. It could have just been like a gentle pan away towards their wrists. So it's yeah, that was my one complaint with this writing. Why mm. did they do it? I just I resent it so much. You know, I'll be honest, I skipped that scene. <laughs> I mean, fair so I did not see that. I just How did you know end. that he was a time traveler then? No, no, I just I saw mean, that it was part. obvious. That, oh, that yeah. was obvious. It flashed his wrist. I, yeah, it me? was pretty obvious. But I did fast forward the, the yeah. you know, the intimate yeah. bits. Well, you, yeah. the, your, I'm glad your enjoyment was not ruined. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that that's it. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely wasn't as egregious as like past examples of this but yeah i agree i was like that was unnecessary we didn't need to do that it's just two lines why just those two lines just ah sometimes it's the two lines that ruin like a whole thing yeah because it gives you an idea of what the not just the writer but the director everybody in production 
watched happen on scene uh, a screen and just thought it's fine like it went through a lot of people's mm-hmm. like went through past a lot of people's eyeballs before it came in front yeah. of us mm-hmm. and that yeah. that the scope of that makes it that at any worse. point an editor could have been like we don't need we can cut this like three second <laughs> portion we don't need to show it <laughs> because their entire relationship is so much about him respecting her choices yeah. at every yeah. single moment so i don't understand yeah it felt like off like he wouldn't yeah. wouldn't behave that way yeah i had actually forgotten about that because that was <laughs> what episode six so thanks for um Reminding I me. wouldn't even have brought it up except for the fact that I I saw so like there is you know there is that part of the fandom that doesn't just ignore this but kind of romanticizes mm. these kind of scenes. But and I think the drama itself does see it as the as a romantic line, right? Yeah, Otherwise ab- absolutely. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but because it is romanticized by a part of the fandom, yeah, he's so overwhelmed by his feelings. Yeah, he can't control himself, and that lack of male control is is romanticized and and the, this whole societal thing that we are all complicit in where we are like oh well he's a man he can't control himself is is never is never is not logical or narratively required so just can we move past that please yeah. okay yeah so the only reason i brought it up is because i figured there would be listeners outside who who would have watched that felt uncomfortable gone online and seen just nothing but love for that scene and would have probably questioned their own sanity um much like i have many times <laughs> so yeah it, this 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 little bit is for you guys um but moving on i just i yeah you guys are, otherwise this is freaking otp just the way she when she first approaches him in that lounge and you don't yet know like you have like a niggling that maybe he because you you saw the crash happen you it's that possibility was there. there's another she, car yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, the she approaches him in the lounge and you're like because she is trying to she's really pumped herself up to seduce this this guy and he's going along with it and you you have that moment where yura comes in and they're walking away and they go up to the room and that entire sequence happens but like the the way he is immediately in her corner it just i Uh, even no, um, even when she like walks up to him and introduces herself and he like takes a moment before he like responds you're like oh he knows who she is so either he's a time traveler or he's like secretly been in love with her all this time and couldn't say anything because she was engaged uh, i thought he was secretly in love with her and they had a childhood connection at the orphanage or something i did i did consider until that until they revealed the i thought he was thing. yeah i thought he had been in love with her for a long time before like a few episodes in then you're like oh maybe there's maybe he's also mm. yeah but it was yeah. it was a great reveal. It was it was so good. Yeah. I I like that even though it was kind of like a speculation in the back of my mind. The drama didn't make it obvious through his choices. He just seemed like a guy who was just really into her. He yes, decided yes. she is the one for him and that's that's the only reason. And he sold it. It, it felt like that could possibly have happened if in the original timeline if she had done exactly the same thing you kind of feel like knowing who he is that he would have made exactly the same choices mm. so yeah final thoughts Zainab why don't you give your final thoughts first um I I mean I haven't finished the drama but so far yeah very positive what episode are you on I'm on episode eight I think yeah I finished seven and I maybe just watched a few minutes of eight So, yeah, we'll see. I can't I don't think I know like 
if he knows that she's a time traveler. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Should we tell you? I'm like, is that a question? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was like, wait, should I say? No. Yeah, no. just blow the rest of the no, no, no. for me right here. What? You no. you want to know? I mean, no. Does Boromo want to know? Because <laughs> she's also watched oh, seven okay. of them. Boromo does not want to know. Okay, you'll find okay. out. Yes, you'll find out. <laughs> I'll find out next Wasser. year when I finish this drama. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, finish <laughs> well, it now. Next not that far away. That's true. That's true. It probably <laughs> yeah, will be next year. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but thank you for having me on. This was fun. Thank you for coming. Yeah. You really need to yell over oh. us more. You guys are just like <laughs> so good at talking that sometimes I'm just like I feel like I'm listening to the podcast. You know. <laughs> I'm you mean you listen to Zaynab. podcasts without shout- shouting at the hosts? <laughs> I, you know, when, when I listen to your podcast, I always have so many thoughts. And then afterwards, Appy's like, oh, like, what did you think? And I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> She's like, you have to talk to me right after I listen. Then I can tell you. Yeah. Or I need to, like, listen to it and have her sitting right there. And then I'll just pause it and, like, tell her, you know. But, like, final thoughts about this drama. I think, like, it's so crazy. But it just, I guess that was the crazy we needed. <laughs> Yeah, mm. that's really true. Absolutely. I want to leave it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's my one-liner. Like the Castaway Diva girl, that's... <laughs> that's... Exactly. So we got quite a few uh, somewhat old-fashioned dramas this year. Uh, one of the more prominent ones at the beginning of the year was Love to Hate You, which I did a solo-ish episode on. Are you spoiling the year-end yak, Burma? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I just want to okay. like, reference this, uh, like connect this one with other stuff that we've had. And in previous years, we've had stuff like Business Proposal, which again, feels like a throwback. And honestly, if we get... You know, these slightly old-fashioned tropey dramas, but with like subversions that make it not just palatable, but actually wholesome. I would not mind having more. So more of these, please. And less of, I don't know, like actually toxic stuff. I I would much rather have a lot more of these. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to give us the old school stuff, give it to us in an enjoyable new form. Yes. Please. Also, I, I started the episode by saying that the writer is like she had the whole thing, um, you know, it felt like she had the entire story. And then and the witch completely did not acknowledge the fact that this was adapted from a webtoon. It is. <laughs> but what I meant is that we have seen really bad adaptations, too. So you need a scriptwriter to actually take the story and write their own version. Like it has to be the adaptation itself is, is a freaking work. Yeah. Of, Absolutely. Because a lot of times, especially with webtoons, sometimes these web, I mean, I don't know about the original for this one, but sometimes these webtoons have been going on for years and you have to take that ongoing serialized story. Mm. And I mean, webtoons just by the nature have a lot of like, you know, repetitive plot lines because the writer has to continue to upload something every week. But here it's like very tight, 12 episodes. Mm. Nothing is, there's no like extra Mm. fluff on here. It's just like perfect every scene is yeah. necessary um and and i will say like my final thought on this is when i was watching the last like five minutes of this episode there's a little like voiceover narration from haniju mm-hmm. who's the heroine and i was thinking back to that little voiceover narration we get from uh the heroine of my lovely liar mm-hmm. where i it w- i was just like uh. so yeah. disappointed by everything <laughs> she was saying and i was like you literally didn't 
learn anything. If anything, you learned a bad message and you're like worse off than you were at the beginning of this drama. And Mm -hmm. here, like that little, you know, two minute voiceover narration is like such a great encapsulation of like how far she's come, you know, all of the relationships that she's built, who she became as a person, why this journey was necessary for her. It's not just a fun time travel story. It kind of saved her life. And that's Mm -hmm. like literally so beautiful. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm so glad to hear that because I I had every confidence, but I I still would rather know that this this is worth. It's not a tragic ending either. Just, you know, in case it's not one of those where you have to stop at episode eight. It's not a tragic. Because I have had. That's disappointing. I've had. Oh, Zainab. My God, this girl. <laughs> what is up with youth today? <laughs> I mean, they could have just had a car crash at the end, you know, like. <laughs> Are you being a chaos gremlin right now? <laughs> she is. She is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Overall, we are all super happy with this drama, even the ones who haven't finished it yet. And we, um, if you watch it and you enjoy it and you have thoughts, write to us. We want to hear what you have to say. Zainab, thanks for joining us. Where can people find you online? Or do you want to be found? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Okay, you can find her in my house. <laughs> <laughs> She's my sister. <laughs> we live in the same house. <laughs> Just message me and I'll pass on Maybe the Maybe don't find us at our house. <laughs> Yeah, but don't find us at our house. Just find me online. (laughs) And you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find me at NotNowSire. You can find me at Anissa Khalifa underscore. You can find me, Parma, at The Drama Notes. We also have an Instagram. And therefore, we also have threads because you kind of can't avoid it at this point. (laughs) At uh, DramasOverflowers underscore. And you can email us at DramasOverflowers at gmail.com. Our website is dramasoverflowers.net. And you can sign up for our newsletter either by finding the link in the description or going on over to dramasoverflowers.substack.com. And come hang out with us on Patreon, where we have lots of amazing patrons and we're doing lots of fun stuff like extra episodes from like solo lone yaks, as we're calling them, and like fun little reviews and chatter and things like that and if you get the app you can chat directly like in real time oh yeah yeah that's a new feature that patreon has released for our patrons um if you have the app on your phone uh check there is like a a kind of a continuous chat uh situation and we are right now doing a what are you watching thread okay yeah i don't (laughs) words um it's fun we we have a few of us already there discussing the stuff that we're watching as we're watching i had to eat my um words about my demon being awful so that was fun but also um (laughs) if you guys are considering becoming our patron but haven't quite made up your mind there is like a free trial version that you can do which will pretty much give you access to everything so you know use that why wouldn't you um Mm -hmm. and yeah come over talk to us okay and also go and check out our new youtube channel if you like bts (gasps) it's called yeah over flowers put the link in the description by then (laughs) (laughs) that was just the worst that was the worst plug ever (laughs) I'm very embarrassed (laughs) so to do it properly uh, Sayanisa and I started Bangtang over flowers 
it's on YouTube. It currently has something like 450 subscribers, all of which is thanks to this one guest spot we did on another reaction channel, which Saya won a contest for and dragged me to. It's We will link the video to that. It's hilarious. We did two videos with them. And anyway, so we have that channel and it's all about BTS. Um, we have exactly one video up there and Anissa is grumpily part of that video. You guys <laughs> will enjoy her so much. <laughs> so We can't you know, do it without uh, a professor. I mean, I did my best not to be grumpy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought she it was pretty... She brought all of that sort of context that like, we don't know because, you know, we arrived late. No, that's true. Shout out to my VIPs. Yeah. I thought it was pretty fun for somebody who doesn't follow BTS. I thought it was still like pretty good. <laughs> Be good video. Oh, okay, there you there go. You go. There's your review. It was informative, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, Zainab, for your review. Yeah, you, so you have an endorsement from a non-BTS person, yeah. which means if you're a BTS person, <laughs> you should enjoy it even more. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.